This message is brought to you by DoNotAge.org, the longevity research organisation that's on a mission to extend health span for as many people as possible via products that actually work. Start your journey today at DoNotAge.org and use code LAMA for a 10% discount. That's L-L-A-M-A. The thing as humans, we have absolutely no control over. And it makes me sad that I, for many years, and I know many other people, felt shame about age. And it just uh, makes no sense. And it's really something I want to start a conversation about. Hello and welcome to the Live Long and Master Aging podcast. I'm Peter Bowes. This is where we explore the science and stories behind human longevity. Well, today, a story that really resonates with what I'm trying to do with this podcast. I often say I'm I'm not a huge fan of anti-aging or anti-aging as a concept. I think embracing or mastering aging, as we say, is a better option than trying to in some way turn the clock back. My guest today is Tara Gadomsky. Tara is a filmmaker, a writer and director, and her latest film, Signs of Aging, beautifully explores with some dark humour our attitudes towards ageing and what Tara describes as the shame-based marketing language that some people use to try to persuade us that we can stay young forever, or indeed stay forever young, if indeed there is a difference. Tara, welcome to the Live Long and Master Aging podcast. Thank you so much, Peter. And I agree, the term anti-aging drives me completely crazy. It's it's a term that I definitely do not like and would love to see erased from our vocabulary. It's good to hear you say that. And I, I guess then we, you agree that what I how I sum it up really resonates with us both. And this term anti-aging, I often describe it as the poison chalice. Yes. I, I mean, and also uh, when you actually like, look at a dictionary, and it actually is a term that sort of makes no sense. I mean, aging is a biological process that happens to humans while we are here on Earth. And to be against that is... Um, a bit silly almost when you think about it. Um, But I think it also goes a little bit darker into actually making people feel bad about their age. And I always think too, you know, age is something that literally we have the least control of in our life. It literally is about when we were born. It's the thing as humans we have absolutely no control over. And it makes me sad that I, for many years, and I know many other people who felt shame about age, uh, and it just uh, makes no sense. And it's really something I want to start a conversation about. So I'm so happy that podcasts like yours exist to do that. Yeah, uh, that's really interesting because, um, and let's be face it, and, and very sort of upfront and honest about it, there are aspects of aging that are not good. You, you, your health becomes a little bit more frail as the decades move by. But as we talk about on the podcast, there are many things you can do, especially in your younger years, to extend those healthy years. And just we're talking about diet and exercise and sleep and all all of those good positive things. But what you talk about goes to another level, and that is, and you use the word shame, shaming people for their age and maybe how they feel about their age. Sometimes maybe they don't, they're not justified in, in feeling bad about their age, but when someone just kind of twists that knife a little bit and makes them feel worse about their age, and then if, especially if it's to sell a product to them that frankly they don't need, well, that that's moving things to an entirely different level. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's, Frankly, it's 
throughout our entire lives, right? Um, there are certain industries that use a tip kind of language to uh, make us feel that we need to buy something to change something about ourselves. And it's something I've really been looking at in myself for years. It makes me really sad to think back throughout life and all of the times throughout life, you know, as a teenager, you know, my skin wasn't good enough if I had a pimple. And then I decided, you know, I was, you know, didn't fit the body type that they said was the perfect body type in um, magazine articles and in advertising. And then I started worrying, believe it or not, about things like wrinkles and age spots in my 20s. And this sort of dark, having this sort of dark cloud over my life, worried about how I didn't fit this standard that I saw and heard was the best. And uh, Peter, this is, I think this is hard to understand if, if maybe you haven't lived it, but if you have, you'll get it right away. I actually have at times in my life felt like a lesser human being because I didn't fit a particular beauty standard that I was t- told was the best. Now, I-, I can't fully blame, you know, marketing and-, and the beauty industry for that. Obviously, there's something else that something in my life that that these this particular form of advertising hit. But I, do- I also think that the kind of language that is used is is not helpful and can be dangerous to people who might be susceptible to it. And I'm talking about language like flaws, imperfections, fix and correct things in our skin. And that's where I I really want to, that, that, that's basically what I wanted to talk about in, in this film. And uh, well, funny enough, I, I, I really feel like I spent a lifetime struggling with this. And it's actually the one benefit of getting older is I finally started, I finally let that go. And I finally started to examine myself and realize like, no, I'm completely uh, at my core as good of, of a person as somebody who was younger and prettier and slimmer. Uh, it's it just something that I've finally, finally come to understand in my mid-40s. It's interesting how you explain that, because clearly these are issues that can affect both men and women, perhaps in, in different ways. And just thinking about the kind of advertising that we are bombarded with and uh, really just hearing your explanation there just comes home to me how we are constantly told uh, whatever the issue whether it's physical strength as you get older whatever the aspect of your life is that it perhaps isn't as it was 20 years ago but it's bombarded into you through advertising that it is a a flaw Mm -hmm as you say, and that we can take pills and and potions to correct things, that if indeed we only embraced ageing for for what it is, um, we actually wouldn't need to do anything about. Exactly. And, and, you know, I'm not saying, you know, that everyone should... Give give up all the creams or you know don't take vitamins. That that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm I'm just for, for myself um, finally starting to I guess take care of myself from a conscious point of view rather than this unconscious way of 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 doing things because I felt like I had to do it to be corrected to correct myself. Um, but now when I you know put on SPF creams in the morning, I do it because I know I'm going to. To, my skin's going to be soft, and that's going to feel going to feel good for me. Not because I am horrified that I might get some 
discoloration that would show my age, which is how I lived for many, many years. So again, it's, it's, instead, it's, it's sort of an embracing where we are and also just doing things consciously and rather than letting the messages that we can sometimes get from advertisement and from marketing that we can, instead of just taking that in subconsciously and unconsciously, that we actually consciously make choices of how we take care of ourselves and do that for ourselves to feel good. It sounds really simple to say, but honestly, it's taken me years to get to this point. So if anyone's listening, who's like, yeah, that, that doesn't, that make the, that seems simple. Um, it is sometimes harder than it, it seems. Uh, and I don't know, and I don't know why. I really don't. I think that maybe um, I read too many magazines as a teenager. I don't know. I wish maybe I hadn't done that. But um, I, I do know that uh, it's a much uh, healthier place to be in. And also, you know, that that's the funny thing is too is that you know when I talk about this to people, and people think, well, you know, you've still had a life, right? You've you know been an actor, a filmmaker, and you've you've done things, traveled, of course. But when I look back and think of all the times when I did that under this cloud of not feeling good enough, or or I was you know, uh, you know wore my hair in a certain way to hide the uh, small wrinkle between my eyebrows instead of just pulling my hair back. Oh, it makes me so sad to think that <laughs> it really does, and I don't want to be that way anymore. Well, I'm I'm sure these are, are issues that will resonate with a lot of people, and as you say, th- this is what you explore in your short film, and I want to talk more about that in some detail. Before we do that, maybe just talk about you and your life as a, a writer, as a director, as a, a filmmaker. You're a 2019 Sundance Night Foundation Fellow. Tell me uh, how you got into this. Well, um, sure. I actually started um, life in, in, in journalism and uh, was working in New York and in London. Uh, when I was in London, I had always loved acting and uh, storytelling and doing theater. So when I found myself working in London, I thought I can't pass this chance up to try. So I had auditioned for drama school, uh, got in, trained, and then was working as an actor for uh, many years. Like a lot of actors, did uh, some commercials, some plays, some small parts on, on television and films. And then, well, I, I still do that. I really started to uh, want to be creative all the time. You know, when you're an actor, you're often waiting for someone else to give you the chance to be creative. And so I really wanted to be creative all the time. Luckily, because of my journalism training, I could easily um, transition with some courses into script writing and started to write radio plays and then web series and short plays and some feature films. And now I, I basically I say work across the board. So on top of uh, still auditioning, uh, making short films, writing my features, and I, and I still freelance in producing journalism. So I kind of run the gamut there of media, but um, really hoping to get to the point where it's mostly filmmaking. And I'm really excited. You know, I, it's a funny thing that now in my mid-40s is all of a sudden People want to hear the stories I'm telling, which is very interesting. Um, Sundance Institute and the Knight Foundation are supporting 
a feature film that I'm writing about a woman in her mid 40s who's adopting a child, and it's a it's a voice it's a different voice than maybe what you might see. And so um, I'm really happy that I'm I'm in a time now finally where uh, the industry is saying let's hear some voices that we haven't been hearing for all these years. And one of those voices are, you know, women in in their 40s and 50s and 60s and beyond. And it's interesting that we're talking about aging and you're referring to yourself now as being in your 40s. You are getting older, as we all are. You've acquired some wisdom, you've acquired some experience, and uh, you've got a passion for what you do. And you're at that point in your life where you are able to tell those stories probably much better than you could have done 20 years ago. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, that that's just it. You there, there's things that you 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 can't know until you've been through them. And I remember, you know, reading articles um in my in my 20s from actors who were in their 40s and they were saying, you know, once you get here it's all okay. You're not so worried about it anymore. And not really being able to understand what they meant by that. But now I'm in my 40s, I get it. You're at the you, but you can't get there until you live through it. And because of that, I think that People No, I'm not saying people in their 20s can't tell very rich stories about their lives, of course. Um, but there is also this other uh, depth that comes from living through those decades and being able to tell those stories. And I think, you know, what's also important, too, is to have people in their 40s or 50s or 60s telling the stories of people in their 40s and 50s and 60s. And I, I used to laugh when I was, uh, before I started writing... When I was uh, auditioning and getting cast in projects that were written by 20-year-olds, and I was often cast as, you know, the mom. And they used to give me names that were so old-fashioned. I used to think, this name is like my grandmother's, from my grandmother's generation. But some of these younger people in their 20s saw anybody over, over, you know, a certain age was old and so had like an older person's name. And I used to laugh about that. So I think that it's really... A great that um, the industry is now hopefully moving to a place where the stories of um, people in their older decades are going to be actually told by that. And, and it, it, let's just say it's also not easy because because you know when you're twenties you can live in a house with a lot of people and eat ramen noodles and things like that. Now, once you get to your 40s, you often have other responsibilities that maybe don't allow you to um, spend all your money just making a film or being able to uh, do other jobs at night to, uh, like, for example, you know, serving at a restaurant or bartending. Maybe you're not able to do that to support your artistic career if you have children or have to worry about childcare. So there is, there are, um, I suppose, drawbacks as well to trying starting an artistic career later on in your life. But there's also a lot of benefits too because of your experience and that depth that you're able to bring to your art. Hmm, interesting. So let's talk about your film. And uh, a little spoiler alert here. We are going to talk about it, and we've agreed that this is how we can do it. And uh, perhaps for a different audience, we wouldn't do it in this way because there are obviously, as any film goes, there are certain surprise elements to the storyline. But I think for what we are talking about, it is useful to be able to 
reveal the plot and how it develops because it's it's very significant to the the aging storyline. So, so just before we hear uh, the first of a couple of clips that we have from it, it's a, a story that revolves around a, a cosmetics party. Who are the key characters? Right. So yes, um, and you know, if anyone doesn't want to have wants to see it before the spoiler, it can pause. And it is on Amazon uh, Prime, both in the US and UK. So I'm I'm happy about that. Um, in case right. you want to watch it before hearing the, the spoiler. But um, I'm very happy to talk about it because it is, I, I really am, am proud of the story. So yeah, it's, it's set at one of these home beauty parties. Uh, people in the United States will recognize these. I certainly don't want to say any of the company names that do it. And we, we created a whole fictional company for our film uh, to represent this. But it, it's one of these parties where uh, a salesperson comes to someone's house. They've gathered friends around and um, in this case, she, uh, the saleswoman, Mara, presents her products to the gathered party. And um, then, as per happens in these parties, that she meets one-on-one with each attendee to sort of sell them directly, uh, her, her products. So I've, be- okay. I've been to many of these parties, and this is <laughs> how it always works. Um, so, yeah, so... Um, I guess the the character Mara in, in this case is is who's played by Kelly Ray O'Donnell is just wonderful. She's really gone into the depth of the character, who, uh, along with being a very pushy salesperson, uh, reveals throughout the film her insecurities as well about her um, the, her age signs signs of aging on her skin. Um, but in this clip, she is doing a very hard sell on these women who are gathered um, about their aging faces. See these two photos? In one, the woman has lines around her eyes and mouth and the hyperpigmentation or age spots that we talked about earlier. But the second photo is digitally altered so her flaws are not as noticeable. So in an independent study, people overwhelmingly rated the image of the woman with those obvious signs of aging to be less intelligent, less friendly and less competent than the younger-looking woman, even though it's the same person. Now, I'm assuming you base that on some real-life polls that have suggested, <laughs> and quite astonishing, that, that women are considered less intelligent, less friendly, and less competent than a woman with fewer signs of, in inverted commas, signs of ageing. Ouch, yes. Um, you know, the, the fun- you're right. Everything in this film actually was something that I have heard or read um, either at one of these parties, the way I've been sold, or have, you know, read articles uh, in that. And so, yes, I was at one of these parties once where someone was showing these different photos and saying how the woman was rated differently, who looked younger. Um, It's quite shocking. And I'm sure it's complete pseudoscience i don't I, I never saw the i know that you this is quite a scientific show i never saw the um actual you know specs of this study that was quoted to me that when it was when these products were being sold but um right. yes I, I think it it was a little bit of a there was a little uh maybe playing with the words there um but yeah uh this is these are ways that um products are sold often to women it's almost become the accepted wisdom that uh, you know these products are necessary because women of a certain age, because of the way that they look, are not 
perhaps taken as seriously as, as they once were. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, as you know, and, and your listeners will know, you know, we see this all the time on the Internet about, you know, all these fears and worries about how to um, look younger so that you're going to be more accepted in the workplace or or for, you know, dating, all of these things. And you know what also, this drives me crazy too, Peter, is there's this, some people say, well, there's a biology to it, right? Because women are more attractive when they're in their childbearing years. Oh, no. <laughs> I, um, I would... As, as we delicately say, call BS on, BS on that because <laughs> <laughs> for for two reasons. First of all, um, that puts women, you know, is quite an oppression of women saying the only value women have is is their you know ability to birth children. You know, so so that's why they're most uh, attractive in in their in childbearing years. So that's completely um, not only oppressive but actually very silly and also dangerous to say. But secondly, I think, you know, when we when we look throughout history, the way that um, beauty ideals have changed throughout history, that we're just saying in, in this particular time, for some particular reason, there is this drive towards looking younger. And, um, you know, it, and I would say just, just in particularly in, in Western culture as well. So, um, so yeah, I don't. This accepted wisdom has come about, you know, I, I think from companies trying to sell us things, and not really based in any uh, human or biological or scientific fact. And it's really a damning indictment on society, isn't it? It is. And we'll continue this conversation in just a moment. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. I don't know. I, I mean, the only way to change it is to keep having conversations about it. And I also want to say, too, you know, one thing that's that's really important is that I'm not I don't want to call anybody out or, or shame anybody who 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 does this, who wants to, you know, who, who does whatever they can, either surgically or through cosmetics to uh, look younger than their their actual age that, that that's absolutely great i mean if that's the thing that that feels good i, I that the, the last thing i want to do is shame women more <laughs> you know what i mean through this but it's just i just i just want us all to be conscious of why we're doing it you know and and not just do it because a company trying to sell us things tells us that that's what we have to do well let's hear another clip from the film and uh, the one we have is uh, our saleswoman character talking to the sister, the twin sister of the host of the party. Now, what do we need? And again, spoiler alert here, but what do we need to know about this character? Okay, well, I'll I'll tell you where we are in the film. And then after we play the clip, we'll do the big spoiler. So um, the women gathered are all in look, they're in their 40s and 50s and 60s, and all the actors um, in in the film are. Um, But there is this one sort of mysterious younger looking woman at the party and she's quiet the whole time and sort of off in the corner, but 
there. Um, and when the party all goes into the kitchen to have some wine and our sales lady's about to start her one-on-one pitches, she finds herself alone in the room with Denise, this younger-looking woman, who reveals to her that she is the twin sister of the host of the party. Now, Mara can't understand, our sales lady can't understand this because Denise looks much younger than her twin sister. So she confronts her quite aggressively as to how this might be the case. And um, and Denise... um, it talks a little bit about her life in, in this clip. Can I can I ask, what are you currently using your skin? It's just that... It's okay, you can say it. <laughs> I look way younger than my twin sister. Yes, thank you. She's aging so much worse than you are. What, what is your current anti-aging skincare regimen? Nothing, really. Little injections there? Mm-mm. Regular facials? Nope. I've never even been to a spa. I can't do any of that pampering stuff. I mean, I don't even have a job or a career, so I don't get to do fun things. I'm not married either, in case you're wondering about that. I had a boyfriend, but I'll probably never get married or have kids, even though I'm not sure I wanted kids, but I'm not having kids. It is a a powerful scene, especially that line, she's aging so much worse than you are. That is one big ouch, isn't it? Yes, it is. And um, the actors, again, uh, that was Kelly Ray O'Donnell and Bissarette Tsagai, who plays Denise, uh, really played that uh, beautifully. What happens next is the rest of the women come back in the room. And this is the, this is the learning moment in the film. This is when the tone changes completely. And everything that you've just heard is, is put into context. Yes. The other women come back into the room and our sales woman is saying how beautiful this this woman's skin is, this other woman's skin, and they don't understand what she's talking about. A lot of chaos starts to ensue, and we realize that the, the saleswoman and the audience realize at the same time that this younger-looking woman had died many years ago and is a ghost, and she was actually only seen by the saleswoman. Um, so... She stayed the young twin while her other twin sister went through life aging. And what our saleswoman realizes that despite the fact that maybe these women have some signs of aging, that they're also getting to experience life and live and have families if they want them and have jobs and do fun things and go to spas and enjoy their life. And... She has this, I guess you'd say, aha moment and takes her products and throws them away and, you know, tells the women that we should celebrate the fact that they're living and that the signs of aging, the wrinkles and spots, she says, we're lucky to have them. And that's what I wanted to to say in the film. And that absolutely is the message. And and for me, it was, I don't know whether anyone said this to you before, but it was a a Jacob Marley moment, a a Christmas carol, (laughs) which is another story that involves a ghost. And the words of that ghost have consequences and uh, change the attitude of uh, another individual. I don't know whether that's ever come through to you like that, (laughs) but that was my first thought. No, thank you for saying that. I actually, thank you. You know, my um, inspiration actually was The Sixth Sense. Um, And I love, you know, M. Night is one of my sort of filmmaking heroes. And so I always loved the the idea of The Sixth Sense, that there was just 
oh, spoiler alert on The Sixth Sense if you haven't seen it. It's, it's a film that's like 20 years old. So um, that, you know, there was only um, one person that could ever see the ghost the whole time. And um, so that's sort of where I, I came up with this inspiration of this um, spirit uh, talking to this saleswoman. And she's the only one who could see yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's obviously a generational thing. So I go back to Charles Dickens <laughs> rather than The Sixth Sense. <laughs> But it was it was a hugely it is a hugely powerful moment. And it, you know, everything dawns upon you as things unfold in in, you know, after seven or eight minutes of the film. And it really just sets your mind thinking about everything that was said in the first five minutes. And you almost and because of the way that we watch film these days, um, I wanted to and did, in fact, go back and watch it again. And of course, it has a much more powerful meaning the second time around. Well, thank you. I thank you very much. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. And I hope that it does um, resonate with people. I hope that not only starts the conversation, but also just enjoy the, the storytelling of it. I, I will I will say one slightly awkward thing is I do have a very good friend who does this for a living and sells these products. And I was very nervous about showing it to her. Uh, she knew I was making it, but I, I, of course, she, you know, is a very wonderful person and, and is certainly not out to hurt anybody. And so I, I showed it to her and um, she said it, it made her think about the words she uses. So that felt good, I guess. But also, as I said, I, I just, I, I just, hopefully people will start to think about it and the words that we use not to other people, but also towards ourselves, you know, and when we talk about that we need to be are fixed or corrected, that maybe that's not language that is very helpful. And in fact, perhaps we should, you know, celebrate. It's a bit cliche to say, you know, celebrate this wrinkle as a, as a you know, sign of life. And that's a bit easy and cliche to say, but it 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 it's true though i mean clichés are there for a reason right they're true you 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 can't get through life without your skin aging and your skin aging means you're here and that you're actually experiencing it i i, I wrote you know i i wrote this film to explore my own feelings about my own skin and i also you know, wrote it because to honor people who did die young. And there's people in my life that I loved very much who um, died young. And I think how much we would love to see them here, (laughs) wrinkles, wrinkled and with gray hair. Um, But we can't. And so when I say that I don't like my aging skin, I feel that's dishonoring the memory of my loved ones who died too young. Yeah, and that's the much wider impact of this film to me, that it does bring back thoughts of people that you've known who've died young. And obviously, the older you get, the more people that fall into that category that you wish and you hope that were still around and that had died early for for whatever reason. And with that comes the appreci- just the general appreciation of life and the lines that uh, she would probably never get married or she wouldn't have children or she, she'd never been to a spa. Lifetime things that happen to all of us, those significant things uh, that clearly when you're here no longer will never happen. And it just makes you appreciate 
every day. It does, yeah. And think about, too, you know, the people we love who we have seen grow, old, grow older. I mean, when you think about if you were lucky enough to know your grandparents, or I was lucky enough to know some of my great-grandparents, which um, is rare, I never think about their wrinkles. I think about the love they gave and the experiences exactly. we had together and their lives and their, their what they achieved and what they did. I never, I can't even, th- I can't remember like a wrinkle on my grandmother's face, you know? I can't. But I remember our time together. And, and that's, you know, how I want to start living for myself too. Well, look, Tara, this is, is a really powerful film. It, it is short. It's about 10 minutes long, but I would thoroughly recommend it to anyone. How can people see it? Think so. It's called Signs of Aging, and it is currently streaming on Amazon Prime, both in the US and the UK. So if you go to Amazon and just search Signs of Aging, it's the only film called Signs of Aging. I did that on purpose. I was actually considering calling it Fine Lines, but um, I think there's some other films called that. So I, I did like the idea of Signs of Aging because it had a double meaning, you know, that that's what she, the, our saleswoman's trying to trying to, you know, sell products to, to fight the signs of aging, but also, you know, the signs of aging are actually just living. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so it's called Signs of Aging on Amazon, both in the US and UK. And I, I think if you don't have an Amazon subscription, I know you can actually get a free trial. So um, you don't even need to, to, to uh, subscribe if you don't want to, to watch it. And um, it should be streaming, I think, I think through October. So, and we're also entering into film festivals. So it, it you know, it might be around and um, absolutely feel free to look at our, our Instagram, you know, page signs of aging and uh, to follow any kind of news on, on film festivals. But right now, it, yeah, I'd love for people to watch it on, on, um, on Amazon and, and feel free to you know send me a note and see what you say, what you think. And, uh, good or bad, because I'd love to. I, I really, I, I just really want to talk, talk about it and have a conversation about it. And I, I don't want to like, I'm not trying to like stand on a soapbox. I just want to like start talking about it. That is the key, isn't it? Just, just starting that conversation. Tara, this has been great. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Peter. And thanks. I mean, this podcast is what's so cool about it. When I, when I listen, is like, is that you have all these guests who are just doing such fascinating things and i mean the whole podcast is a testament to like aging is like awesome so so well done (laughs) well that's the idea isn't it we only get one shot at it and uh, you've got to embrace it and that's why i use i think i mentioned this at the start that's why i use the phrase master aging it's not anti-aging it's not anti-aging as they say here but this is about mastering aging and just acquiring that that wisdom of of the the passing years and, and and making the best of it yeah Absolutely. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you again. And I'll put all those details in the show notes, uh, your social media connections as well. And you'll find them at llamapodcasts.com. That's double L-A-M-A podcast.com. Llama being live long and master aging. If you enjoyed this episode, you can go to Apple Podcasts to rate and review us. I really do read all of the comments. Very much appreciate the kind words that so many of you have already shared. And if you would like to take this conversation a little further, we're in social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Llama Podcast. And it will be good to hear what you think about anti-aging, especially the priorities that you think we should adopt in leading a long and healthy life. Tara, thank you and many thanks for listening.
FlexBeam is a portable red light therapy device that's now being used by leading athletes, including the Norwegian tennis player Kasper Rud. Whenever you put the FlexBeam on, you feel it starts to work right away. I need something that can help repair all the fibres that I have broken in the surfs. The infrared lights penetrate your skin and makes the muscle tissue recover faster. FlexBeam, I keep it with me all the time. Recharge Health is offering Llama Podcast listeners an $80 discount on the purchase of a FlexBeam device. Go to the website recharge.health and use the code LLAMA at checkout. That's L-L-A-M-A. You'll also find the link in the show notes for this episode.